Hello, welcome to Leading with Grace, the podcast for women going through separation and divorce. My name is Hio, and I am your host. I'm a certified life and spiritual mastery coach, and here I get to show you how your divorce doesn't have to be devastating, but that actually it could be the means of greater discipleship with your Savior Jesus Christ as you connect with Him in a higher and holier way. Let me show you how. You guys, (laughs) we made it. (laughs) Day 12 of my 12 days of Christmas challenge. Merry Christmas, December 25th, 2023. How has this past year been for you? Have there been some ups, probably some downs, some unexpected turn of events? Whether that is positive or not so great news. But whatever your 2023 year has um, has had, I hope that there is some level of hope and looking forward to better days in 2024. You know, for the... Tw- for this 12th day, I've been thinking a lot about um, about so many blessings that I, I wish I could just like squeeze all in. But, um, but you know, there's going to be plenty of time for me to do that um, on future podcast episodes. But for now, I wanted to talk about families. Family in regards to my earthly family, my children, and my parents, and my siblings, and um, in-laws of both sides, as well as being part of the family of God. And I have learned and am learning what family means to our heavenly parents. And I just keep coming to this realization that the way they view families, the way they think about families, the way they think about oneness and connectedness and unity is, is so far above how we view families and that how we view it is so narrow and so just like one-dimensional where he is thinking on a very multiverse level. And I don't really want to go too too deep into that because to make sense of that is definitely not my department. But from past experiences, he has given me glimpses of his own insights and and how how I can like take that knowledge and put it into my own family, which I am practicing. I don't do it perfectly, but the one thing that comes up for me is, is actually a question that I actually want to pose to you, you know, you know, part of being human is learning that we don't have control beyond our brain, our body, our senses, and how we process information and how we process information and the stories we tell ourselves and the beliefs that we have adopted and grown up believing affects our emotional state. And based on our emotional state can also affect how we show up, how we manifest our internal conflicts and struggles um, externally. 
And the question I have is, could you get to the point or get to the place of letting go of the power and control over others and to really focus on harnessing the skill and the ability to control what you can only control. In other words, we can begin with the thoughts and stories and beliefs that you tell yourself every single day. A lot of things we tell ourselves without really looking at them, without really asking ourselves, is this really true? Or is it only a half truth? And just doing that, I think, can give us such insight as to how we work, how we process, how we are in relationships with others. And especially if you are going through a separation and divorce, it's really easy to want to control the other person because it's the only way for us to feel safe at times. And it totally makes sense. I just want you to know that it totally makes sense to want to try and control and manipulate um, the situation and the circumstance for you to feel safer. And that might be true, but is it entirely true? Is it the only way is manipulation and trying to control another person. And I want to offer you that it is actually not true. That it's the opposite that's actually true. When you begin to truly trust within yourself, especially as it relates to God and personal revelation, there is an element of safety in there that this world cannot provide you and so if you are willing to go there, it does take a little work. It sounds simple, but I'm going to be honest with you that it really isn't easy and it does take time. And to ask yourself some really hard questions, questions that will actually push us and, and reveal to you and myself the holes that we have in our belief system, in our, in our faith system, in our faith landscape. And so if the other person, um, and we can, and we can be specific about the other spouse, the other partner were to never change. They were to never say, I'm sorry. They were to never ask for forgiveness. They were to never do the work of introspection. Could you still love them? Could you work towards loving them and seeing them as God sees them and feels about them? Now, when I put it that way, it can feel super, super vulnerable, right? And if that's what you're feeling is the vulnerability of me offering that. I just want you to, to take a moment 
and just sit in that space of vulnerability. Now, it doesn't mean you have to act upon it. But what I want to encourage you to not do is to suddenly fill that vulnerability gap with fear or resentment or anger. It is so easy to go there. It's almost instantaneous, okay? And sometimes it's instantaneous because it is a trauma response. So I just want you to just even recognize that emotional state and how you are feeling that vulnerable gap with an emotion. And so just being aware of that, I think, is so important. But what does this have to do with family? You know, I've come to learn, and again, I'm saying learned and learning, that the best place for me to practice vulnerability is within my family. The place that I need to practice being open to vulnerability and not putting a Band-Aid on with fear or anger resentment is my family. And to not say the first thing that comes out of my mouth, but to sit with the uncomfortable emotion, the fear, the resentment, the anger. And to be able to not take that on as an identity of I am angry, I am afraid, Versus I'm feeling fear. I'm feeling some anger right now. I'm feeling some resistance within myself. And so when you put it that way, then you become more of an observer, a witnesser of the state of emotion that is being experienced within your body. And it gives you a little bit of wiggle room to be that observer and to give yourself choice to not act upon this. And it's not easy, especially when you've got teenagers, man. If you think it's hard to, to do this practice with a spouse that you're separated from or that you're divorced from, try teenagers. They're going to, they're really going to test your ability to harness this skill. But when I do this, then I... I am actually just keeping that gap of vulnerability open a little bit more without automatically filling it and then see what happens. I'm more open to correction. I'm more open to seeing when I do get it wrong and more open to some things where I think I do get it right. And to also be open to God's love. Because we can go to church to learn about love. We can go to church to learn about Christ. But it's in the home where we actually do the hard work. Where we actually do that labor of love. Labor of understanding. Labor 
of non-judgment. It's the hard work. And I'm so grateful that the one thing that I learned from the proclamation of the family is how God views, God the Father views his role as father of, of our family. How God the mother views her role in our family. And how much they love you so much and they love me so much. And I think like any parent, they want their kids to get along. They want their kids to, to connect and to play nicely with one another. I know that for my mom, she did not grow up with parents. Um, her father died many, many, many years ago. He was actually um, part of the resistance of the Jap Japanese occupation of Korea. And he was a prisoner. You know, he was a political prisoner. And he he was able to break out one day and they shot him. My my mother's mother, my maternal grandmother, um, died of consumption. Consumption is what they called it back then. It's actually, I think, tuberculosis. And my mom was only three years old. She was so young. And so she grew up without a family. At least she grew up with a family that was not overly supportive of her well-being and of her growth and development. And the one thing that she most desires of her children, which is me and my three younger brothers, is that we stay connected, that we love one another, that we do not have disconnection or contention, especially contention. Like that 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 my mother does not put up with and she doesn't even like contention if um if it's even within like like my brother and his family or or you know like even within our own families like she really wants us to work things out so that we can stay connected so that when she passes away when my both my parents pass away we will continue to stay connected and to do those things that bring us together. And it's so fun to watch my brothers do things together. And um, they're all in Utah. I'm the only one that's not here. Wait, except I do have a brother that did just move to Korea. <laughs> but before then, it was so fun because they would go out to dinner together or they would like meet at my younger brother's house and they would be there like helping to fix his car together. Or they get together and they help um, each other like fix homes or uh, remodel basements or, or anything like that. And I credit my parents for setting that example. Like my, my dad, for being 81, he is such a hard worker and he never slows down. Like he will be at my brother's house putting the sprinkler system in or laying sod or helping to put up drywall. Like he is there working harder than all of us combined. And from them, I have learned and am learning the importance of family connection, that no matter 
what the political, religious, ideological differences there are. And my family, we have the full spectrum of ideology and political views and religious views or lack of religious views. Like we have it all. And yet we are learning to come together and just remember that we are at we're first and foremost a family. And I want you to remember that. It's that no matter your, your, your status of married, separated, divorce, you are still a family. That ex-spouse is still a parent to your children. And your responsibility is to make peace with that and to be able to see him or her the way God sees that individual and to feel the way God feels about that individual. Now, this does not mean that you do not put up boundaries, but rather being in that space of divine devotion, asking yourself, what is most needed? What does love require of me? What does goodness and gracious require of me? And it might be a boundary, a boundary based on love, connection, kindness, graciousness, gentleness. I know that it will not, you will not regret it. Not one bit. I don't regret it at all. I'm so grateful that God has taught me and continues to teach me revelation, line upon line, precept upon precept, because he has been the greatest tool in helping me heal and change and to do the hard work. If it wasn't for him, I don't know, you guys. I don't know where I'd be. That is so unfathomable. But because of him, I am here. I'm striving and trying to figure out how to be the mother my children need and how to be the mother that God knows I can be. I'm so grateful, so grateful for this hard work, even when I'm not grateful, because <laughs> there are moments, you guys, there are moments I am still grateful. And I know that it is in the bounds of our family unit, can we learn how to be God-like and to grow in stature which I think I'm going to do another podcast episode on, but I'm not going to like talk too much about it right now that I've been really pondering upon. Anyway, Merry Christmas, everyone, and Happy New Year. I love you all and super, super grateful that you have been with me this far. Take care. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to this podcast today. And if you are an LDS woman going through separation and divorce, I invite you to my free women's group called Women at the Well. And you can find the link in the show notes. And here, 
We harness our discipleship by asking and receiving personal revelation, seeing and recognizing the power of God through everyday miracles, and to walk the covenant path through a greater conversion with Jesus Christ.